Well, Jesus is here today. Praise God. Take your Bibles and uh, turn with me to Joshua chapter 9. We're glad to have a a friend today of uh, Miss Brenda Lipton. Pam, we're glad you're here. God bless you. Thanks for coming and being a part of this service today. And it's good to see Bud and Helen Banks and Sylvia. God bless you. We're so glad y'all are y'all are here this morning. Turn to the book of Judges, chapter chapter nine. Last week we began uh, a series of messages, and uh, I just really feel like the Holy Ghost is. Uh, leading us into into a, a time where we're going to have some special understanding and revelation from the Lord. Uh, the Holy Ghost is just going to illuminate truth to us. And so I want to encourage you uh, this morning to, uh, to listen to the message and let the Spirit of God uh, speak to your heart. We uh, started last week preaching on this message, Too Friendly with the Enemy. And uh, from Joshua chapter 9, uh, we want to again uh, turn uh, to this event in the going in of the people of God to the promised land. God has given them victory over Jericho. There was a hiccup at Ai, uh, but the Holy Spirit cleared that up, and and leadership uh, activated an anointing that that brought the people to victory at Ai. And uh, just because you fail the first time doesn't mean you can't try the second time. Just remember that. And. Uh, they now come to are approaching a city called Gibeah and there is one of the most unusual circumstances that surrounds this particular uh, city and its inhabitants so start with me if you will uh, in Judges chapter 9 excuse me Joshua chapter 9 Phyllis is over there about to have a conniption fit. Joshua chapter 9, verse 1. And it came to pass, when all the kings which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and in the coast of the great sea, over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, heard thereof, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants, now listen, here, here it is, everybody say Gibeon. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon, which was a city uh, not far from Ai, it was the next place on the battlefront. When the inhabitants of this uh, city Gibeon heard what Joshua and uh, had done unto Jericho, Jericho and Ai, 
they did work wilily, and that's a word that simply means they, they, they schemed, they plotted, they, they figured out a, a way to uh, uh, fool or trick uh, Joshua and the Israelites. So they worked wilily, which is a type of the, the deception of the devil. And went and made as it had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their donkeys and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and, and clouded. Isn't that a good word, clouded? That means put shoes on their feet. And, and the old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua under the camp of Gilgal, and, and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We are come from a far country. Now therefore make you a league with us. Don't ever believe the lie of the devil that, that <laughs> what is going on in your life is foreign. I want you to know it's right under your nose. We want to blame everything else for our problems when the problem is on our doorstep. Well, nobody threw a tomato, did they? A, we come from a far country. That's what the devil will tell you. This is, this is something way out there. This is something way off base. This is something from another place. Now, therefore, make you a league with us. They lived right there in the same area where Joshua was standing. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure you dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are you, and where do you come from? And they said, We are from a very far country. Thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon and Og king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth. Wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take food, victuals, take food with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make you a league with us. In other words, make a covenant with us. I won't finish reading the story, but it simply goes on. Joshua uh, met with these men, and, and the Bible says that he committed a horrible, horrible mistake. And this is one that that we cannot afford to make if we're going to be overcomers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Joshua and the elders of Israel did not seek counsel at the mouth of the Lord. They didn't pray about this. And they just accepted the word of the deceiving Gibeonites and they made a covenant with them. That covenant would keep the Hivites, the Gibeonites, from being destroyed. And it was the first of the, of the city-states that were allowed to survive in the going into Canaan. Listen, friend, when, when Jesus tells us to drive out every enemy from our spirit man, you better believe he's not talking about leaving one or two of them there. He's talking about driving every one of your enemies out of your life. 
Because if we leave any one of those things in our lives, the day will come when we will regret it. And in the history of Israel, the Gibeonites were a thorn in the side of the people of God. This morning, I I want us to look as Israel goes into the promised land, they, they deal with three city-states. And, and, and I, can, I can be through uh, around 12. Twelve-ish. Three, three cities that Israel fought, and, and, and these three places all relate to our spiritual battles. And uh, they are they are literally uh, pictures of of the arenas of spiritual warfare that you and I have to deal with as we live for God. Now remember, remember, Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians. Everybody say, I'm listening, Pastor. Chapter six, he says in verse ten, "Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, in the power of the might of Jesus." And then he tells us that we are to put on the whole armor of God. And he tells us that our warfare, in verse 12, our warfare is not carnal. It's not fleshly. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And Paul describes there a hierarchy of evil. Just like you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, angels, archangels, and then angels, and all kinds of subordinate angels under those, uh, you, you have a hierarchy of righteousness, you have a hierarchy of evil, you have the devil, the, the beast, the antichrist, the false prophet, you have principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, and the rulers of the darkness of this world, you see there's a hierarchy, and, and each one of them is a certain level. Level and, and their desire and their goal is to do exactly what Jesus said the devil does, and that's kill, steal, and to destroy. There is not a good demon. There is not a good witch. <laughs> Have you ever heard of white magic and black magic? Well... White magic is just as evil as black magic, okay? And, and I don't care if it tries to clothe itself in light. Jesus, uh, the Apostle Paul, tells us that Satan will come to us as an angel of light. And so we need to have discernment. Everybody say, I need discernment. And, and, and that's what I'm praying for in these next several weeks as we go through going into Canaan and possessing the promised land, getting out of the wilderness, moving into the life of the Spirit, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will give us a, an anointing, an enablement, a supernatural dispensation of discernment. We need discernment to be able to know what is good and what is evil. We need to be able to come to the place in our lives where we say, that's right and that's wrong. Because we're living in a day where everything's gray. There, there is no right or wrong. It's just situational ethics. And, and the secular world tells us if it feels good, do it. It must be right. 
You remember the old country song, if this feels right, if this is wrong, why does it feel so right? Y'all act like you never heard that before. You probably listened to it last night. Well, the, the, these three cities that Israel fought, these as they enter into the... Everybody say, this is the entering in. And, and this is what I want you to get. Uh, Jericho represents a type of the world. Ai represents the flesh. And Gibeah represents the devil. And I want you to know, your battlefront is in all three of those areas the world the flesh and the devil whatsoever John writes to us and says uh, whatsoever is of the world is not of the father now that's pretty that, that's pretty straight isn't it and, and, and then we'll begin to argue with the, the scripture and we'll say yeah but you know that means Listen, the world is a word that is translated in the Greek cosmos. And cosmos is, is a, a, a way of living that is controlled by greed, pride, jealousy, and every other work of the flesh. I want you to hear what I'm saying. That is the world... And the Bible says that's not of the Father. That means God has nothing to do with a system that is at work, that is based on greed, pride, jealousy, and those other cosmic forces that are moving men and women to disobey God. Now if we'll listen to that, we'll understand that Jericho is a big deal. It was the first city that was to be destroyed when they came into the promised land. Why was Jericho such a big deal? Because it was the greatest of all the walled fortresses, the greatest of all the walled cities. It set in a high hill it was not easily approached and had never been destroyed. And God says, the first thing I want you to do is defeat the world in your life. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. See, we, we, can't, we can't make it into the promised land and when I say the promised land please remember the promised land is not heaven the promised land is not a picture of heaven we have made songs about the promised land being heaven Canaan land being heaven and all of that and I've even sang a few of those things but, but I'm telling you the true picture is not the picture of this earth versus heaven listen when you go into the promised land you, you got to see something there are giants in the promised land there are no giants in heaven I can't see a thing this morning now I can see you 
There aren't any enemies in heaven. There, there aren't any walled obstacles or fences or fortresses. There aren't any, uh, th- th- there's not grumbling and murmuring in heaven. I'll, I know some people will be unhappy there because there's not, but. Because they major in it. Well, look at that gold. It's not as shiny as I thought it was going to be. Lord, I thought my house would be a little bit bigger. You didn't send enough material up there for Jesus to build a big one. (laughs) Well, I'll preach it good now. Jericho is the entering in of the promised land, and it is a type of... The promised land is a a type of walking in the Spirit. It is the life that God wants for us in the Spirit. It is a type of us overcoming the flesh, the world, and the devil, walking in the Spirit so we'll not fulfill those things. Come on. We, We need some preaching about this in the American church. We, we need to get off this prosperity kick and, and, and start believing that God is going to help us straighten our lives. I've learned something. If you'll walk uprightly before God, God will not withhold any good thing from you. The key to prosperity is living in the Spirit. The key to prosperity is walking with God. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham walked with God. That's why God made him a rich man because God was proud. Of, I'm telling you, if you want to prosper, don't listen to that TV preacher. I'm telling you, get with Jesus. Get with the Word of God. Honor the Lord. Live a holy life. And God will bless you. God will prosper you. God will meet the needs in your life. And and you you can tell him I said that. Jericho is, is the first obstacle to walking in the Spirit. And it's a big one because it's a type of the world. The world is a big deal. It's what's all around you. Remember what what John says? The the lust of the flesh, the desire of the eye, and the pride of life. Now, Now tell me, that's the world. Everybody say, that's the world. We we have got to defeat the world and the world system. And the first thing you need to do in order to do that is is to get a Christ-centric view of life rather than a world-centric or human-centric view of life. We call it Christ-centric versus egocentric. Ego being self. If, If you're focused on self, you're a part of the world system. But if you but if you you've got a Christ centric focus, listen, listen, friend. God will bless you and prosper you. I don't care what the the biggest lie the devil ever told, and the biggest lie he'll ever tell you is you've got to compromise your faith in order to be successful in life. You do not have to compromise your faith to be a success in life. Uh, Promotion comes from the Lord. God will exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And He will lift you up in due season. Well, I'm preaching. Somebody needs to just have a little spell this morning. 
the world is based on the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And that's all geared to greed, jealousy, and pride. Covetousness. And so when we come to Jericho, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and not on Jericho. Now, you, you remember... You, Jesus. Y'all shouted too much this morning. Y'all didn't leave me enough time to preach. Jericho, when, when, when Israel gets there, and, and, and listen, God wants you to get there. Why does God let us go into the promised land and then the first thing we have to deal with is this huge obstacle called Jericho, a fenced, walled city, high on a hill. Because God wants you to get there and defeat the world in your life. When, when Listen, the second time under Joshua, the first time it was under Moses, the people of God came to the Jordan River. And you remember Moses sent in 12 spies. And 10 of them came back with a, a, a false and evil report of unbelief is what it's called. And then there were two, Caleb and Joshua, that came back with a positive report of faith. Huh? Yeah. A positive report of faith. And, uh, and, and as a result, the people, what? Wondered for 40 years until that unbelieving generation died. There was not one of them left that came to Jordan the first time except Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb were around 80 years old. Caleb was for sure 80 years old because the Bible tells us he's four score and 20. Uh, three score and 20. Four score. 80 years old. Somebody do the math for me. <laughs> And so they, they, they come to, to the crossing of Jordan the second time, and, and now they're a faith-filled generation, and they, they come to the Jordan River. And lo and behold, it is at springtime in, 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 in the land. And you've got to know, at, at, at springtime, the Jordan River is flooded. And we are told that when the... Two million, over two million Israelite people came to the brink of Jordan. The river was so out of its banks, there in the fertile plains, uh, there below the city of Jericho, and it, it was at least two, uh, it was at least a mile wide. At least a mile wide. And it wasn't just a little trickling river. It wasn't just steel water. It was a roaring torrent. Now, why in the world would God bring you to a place for you to do spiritual battle at such a time when it would be the most challenging to your sight, to your senses? It would seem like it was the most difficult of moments for you to be there. Come on. Why would God let you come to the crossing of Jordan at flood time? 
so he can show you how you make it how you make it into the life of the spirit how you make it into the promised land God was not intimidated he knew he knew the flood was there you know what he told Joshua to do he said get the people ready he said have the priest to put the ark of the covenant upon the poles those brass golden poles and and have the priest bear it and he said let the priest go before you there's something in that let the priest go before you and it's not that I want to eat first when we have fellowships that's not what I that's not what that is okay because I don't anyway put the priest out front and let them carry bear the ark of the covenant which is a type of the Holy Spirit ever say the ark of the covenant is the Holy Spirit is the presence of God Okay, so, so what Jesus is saying do, let the Holy Spirit go first. Let the priest bear the anointing and let the anointing go first. And so when the priest stepped out into the waters, the Bible says the waters rolled back. How do you win this battle to get into the promised land. How do you overcome a flood? How do you get into the land so that you can drive out the enemies? You have to order your life after God's design and that is that you let the Holy Spirit be out front. Let the anointing of God lead the way. Let the presence of the Lord in a supernatural manifestation of God bring you into the land. I still contend. I, I like Jack Hayford's teaching. I, I think he's a, a wonderful Bible teacher, but he's wrong about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you that there are any kinds of manifestations uh, for, to know that you've received the Holy Spirit baptism. Uh, it can be joy. Listen, I get joy at a Razorback football game. Well, not very often lately. <laughs> <laughs> Make me kind of sad. <laughs> but he, he says you, you can experience joy or you can experience peace. Or, listen, I can take a Benadryl and lay down at night and get peace. I, I'm telling you, there is one supernatural sign that is throughout the book of Acts. It's why the assemblies of God preach and teach what we preach and teach about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We believe that the initial physical evidence, that outward evidence that happened every time in the book of Acts when somebody was baptized in the Holy Spirit, we believe that that initial physical evidence is supernatural. That it's not something that can be explained. It's not something that man can point at. It's not something that people can put their finger on and say, yeah, that's it, or maybe that's it, or that's it. No, it's the same thing every time they spoke with tongues and magnified God. They spoke with other tongues and prophesied. Paul laid his hands on the 12 men at Ephesus and they spoke with tongues. 
It is a supernatural evidence. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on people's lives, when you're baptized, everybody say baptized in the Spirit. You will speak with tongues. You'll know it. You'll get up from there saying, Glory to God, I receive the Holy Ghost baptism. And so the Holy Ghost goes out front in a supernatural manifestation. And and they step into the waters. And the waters part. I just want to say to you this morning, God wants you in the promised land. How do I know God wants you in the promised land? Because this picture tells me that God wanted Israel in the promised land, but he wanted them to go into the promised land knowing this. If you get across this flood tide, if you get across the obstacles, if you face the enemy, if you get any kind of victory, it's because I went first. It's because I went first. It's because I led the way. We're living in a day and an hour where programs and people and all kinds of entertainment processes and we're trying to dress the church up to look like the world when we ought to be doing the very opposite of what the world's doing. We ought to be letting the Holy Ghost lead the way, make the design, show us how to get there because He's the one that's going to give us that life of fulfilled victory when we get into the promised land. Jericho... I'm closing. <laughs> Man, this is good. I think I'll buy the tape. That's, uh... Dane Hall always says, when I'm preaching good, I just soon listen to me as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just like him, doesn't it? Yeah. Jericho is a type of the world, and we must defeat it. And God has given us the promise of victory over the world as we walk with Jesus. 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It is important what you believe. If you don't believe right, you won't receive right. You ought to write that down. If you don't believe right, you won't receive right. I'm telling you, God honors His Word. God is watching over His Word to bring it to pass. He will fulfill His promises. And so even our faith, our faith is what gives us a victory over the world. Not our faith in the sense of, I believe this or I believe for that, but it's, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He was virgin born. I believe He lived a sinless life. I believe He died of vicarious death on the cross I believe he was buried on the third day rose again I believe that he ascended to the right hand of God the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for you and I and I believe that he's coming back in power and great glory one day to receive his people hallelujah to God that's what I believe and because I believe it I overcome this world believe what you want to believe but I'm going to believe the Bible I'm going to believe what Jesus says and if you believe what Jesus says you won't be deceived by a Gibeonite you won't be deceived by somebody that walks up to you looking like he's old and, and moldy and crusty and, 
and, and, and tells you he's from a far country and all the while he's living right on your doorstep, right under your nose. He's trying to infiltrate your life and bring you to destruction and ruin and wreck and get a foothold in your life. Listen, if you leave the door open an inch, I'm telling you every kind of critter in the world will get in your house uh, and it'll wreak havoc in your life. Uh, but if you will shut the door on every kind of enemy, if you will keep him out, uh, if you won't let him in, if you will destroy him, if you cut him off, I'm telling you, you will be blessed because you've destroyed the world. You've destroyed the world. This is not a fight that's easily won. Israel, and I'll, I'll preach I'll preach this tonight. Israel marched around that wall six days. That's, that's the time of creation, folks. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. If you want to, that's 6,000 years. That's going to put us at the rapture of the church. I'm telling you, this is not a short battle. This is not something we can say we're, we're going to win and we're over it and, and, and we're through with it. No, the world, as long as we are in the world, we have to live an overcoming life because the presence of the world is going to try to influence us. But I'm telling you, greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. He has given us an ability to overcome. And if we will drive down the walls of Jericho by marching and marching and marching and letting the supernatural of God rule and reign in our lives, we will see the glory of God and the walls will come falling down. Somebody shout, yes, Lord. The walls will come falling down. Father, thank you this morning for the word of God. And Lord, I'm asking you to teach us these things. Help us to get a hold of it in our lives. It will cater it will cater to liberty and freedom and victory. We'll, we'll throw off the old works of the flesh and, and we'll put on the, the, the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the life of Jesus. I, I ask you, Lord, to help us get victory over Jericho. It's a big place. It's a big city. Its walls and fortresses are strong. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Jesus told the Israelites to march around that city six times and on the seventh day to march around it seven times. And then blow the trumpets and shout. There was not a sword raised. There was not a catapult that was employed. There was not anything that man did outside of obeying the directions of God. And when they marched that seventh time on that seventh day and they shouted with a loud voice and they blew the trumpets, the walls came falling down. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, God will do it for you. But you've got to believe Him. It took faith for the Israelites to march around the wall seven times. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. It was a walled city. There's chariots and horses and spears and swords and bows and arrows on the wall. And you're telling me we're going to march around the city seven times and we're not going to 
employ a soldier? Listen. If you're going into the promised land, if you're going to live a victorious, overcoming life, the Holy Spirit's going to have to be out front and it's going to have to be supernatural. All He needs you to do is obey Him. If you'll do what He says do, He'll bring you in. And every wall will fall down before you. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Is there anybody in this room this morning that will stand to your feet right where you're at? And you'll say, Pastor, I need Jesus to be my Savior. Or, Pastor, I'm backslidden. I'm away from the Lord. And, and today, while you've been preaching, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. And, and I need to obey God. I need to get right with the Lord. And you just stand right where you are. And by standing, you're saying, God, I'm giving you first place in my life. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to defeat the world this morning. And I'm going to give Jesus Christ lordship in my life. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Anybody in this room, you'll stand and say that. Thank you. There's two ladies here. Can, Angela, yeah. If y'all will just... Then we're going to ask them to pray with you. Can we just put our hands together and clap today for them and let them know that we love Jesus and we love them. And we're glad for what they're going to let God do in their life. Amen. Now, now, how many, how many, how many in this room? How many in this room are ready to go into the promised land? And 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 maybe you've been in the promised land, but you've let a giant or two live, or you you've let the flesh uh, have some leeway. And you say, Pastor, you're right. You can't let not one thing live in your life if you're going to have a victorious life. That thing will come back to haunt you. And today, you want to pull that thing down. You want to stand today with with God's people. And and you want to pull that stronghold down. We're going to pull strongholds down. And we're going to break them off of you. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I want complete freedom and victory in my life. I'm not going to let that thing live another day in my life. And you just stand right where you are. And and maybe you're here this morning as a child of God. And you'll say, Pastor... I want, I want to destroy Jericho. I want to destroy AI. I want to destroy Gibeah. I, I, I don't want a Gibeonite to deceive me. I want to walk in discernment. I want to walk in the Holy Spirit's power so that I can know the difference between right and wrong, what is truth and what is untruth, what is a lie that has an assignment attached to it that's meant to destroy me, a relationship. Let me tell you something. Everybody that comes into your life is not a good thing. Hear me? And I'd be less than a preacher. I'd be less than a man of God if I told you you ought to embrace everybody that comes into your life. Because I'm telling you, some people are sent into your life with an assignment to destroy you. And I'm praying for discernment so you you can know right relationships from wrong relationships. And all over this room today, you'd stand to your feet as a child of God, as a church of Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I want to walk in discernment. I want to walk in discernment. I want to walk in power. I want to walk in the Spirit. And I'm pulling down every stronghold. I'm not letting anything survive. 
I'm not going to let the world, the flesh, or the devil have any leeway in my life. Jericho, everybody shout, Jericho's got to come down. Everybody shout, Ai's got to come down. Everybody say, Gibeah's got to go. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Father. Let it be so. Reach over and join hands with somebody. We're praying together right now. Ask God to loose discernment in your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to rise up strong. And, and right now, we're taking the weapons of our warfare, which is the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, truth and light, and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we are pulling down strongholds. We are pulling down strongholds. In the name of Jesus, ah, we pull down every stronghold that's built up against the family of God, against the people of God. Lord, we bind up the lies of the devil. We bind up Gibeonites. We bind up every power that wants to deceive and lie. The devil is a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us, Lord, that the lies of the enemy are what are trying their best to accuse us and deceive us and we bind them up in the name of Jesus and we pull them down Jericho you're coming down in the name of Jesus AI you're coming down in the name of Jesus Gibeah you're coming down in the name of Jesus Jebusites you are coming down in the name of Jesus Lord at you're coming down in the name of Jesus every wall city every fortress of the flesh we pull down in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're going before us. Lord, you're going before us. The devil wants to keep us out of the promised land because he knows if we get there, we're going to live an overcoming life. We're going to live in the Spirit. But Jesus, you want us to get there because you're, you're parting the flood, you're parting the floodwaters. You're making a way for us through the blood of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You want us to get to the promised land. And Lord, we're going to drive out every enemy. Father, I ask you for these two precious ladies this morning who stood. God, you know the need in their life, in their spirit, man. And I'm asking you, Lord, to liberate them and free them by the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the blood shed on Calvary. Lord, we repent of our sin. We turn from it. And Lord, we thank you that you impart to us the righteousness and the forgiveness of God. We receive, Lord Jesus, your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to come into them and give them power to live for you. Lord, what starts today, let it be completed when the trumpet of God sounds and time shall be no more. Lord, let it be completed when we stand on that golden strand. Let it be completed when the roll is called up yonder. Lord, I thank you for what they've done this morning. It's a beginning place. And I thank you that they're going forward. Everybody stretch your hand out toward them right now. Father, we pray for the blessing of God. We pray for the prosperity of the Lord upon their life. We pray for the good works of the Holy Ghost to be loosed in them. Change them by the mighty power of God. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Lord, your blood makes us worthy. The cleansing of Jesus makes us worthy. 
do a powerful work of the Spirit in them. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, let every one of us in, our, in this place decide that we're going to walk in the Spirit and overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this good day, the good presence of God. Lord, thank you for letting us be together with your people. Lord, help us as we serve you, prosperous, prosperous in our walk with you, Jesus. Help us to stay humble. Help us every day, Lord, to let you be big and let us be small so that you can work. You can work in us. Go with us as we leave this place and use us for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly. Tell somebody you love them. If you see somebody you don't know, make them feel welcome. Shake their hand and introduce yourself today. Would you do that? Amen. i